Hello, we're the Revitalize and Grow podcast, here to give you top tips on how to take your marketing and communications to the next level and help you grow. I'm Jenny, your host, and each week I'll be joined by one of my fellow pros to pick apart various PR and marketing topics, demystify the jargon, and give you some practical tips that you can apply to your own business. Occasionally, we'll be bringing on some special guests for bonus episodes. You can find all the latest episodes and keep in touch with us at adpr.co.uk or find us on all the socials. You can find the handles in our bio. So grab your cuppa and join us and don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss the latest episodes. and welcome to the Revitalize and Grow podcast, here to give you top tips on how to take your marketing and communications to the next level and help you grow. I'm Jenny, your host, and this week I'm joined by the lovely Kate and Sophie. Hello, ladies. Hi. Hello. And um, today we're going to be discussing um, PR and how it can have a positive impact on society and having some discussions really around how PR... Um, is considered ethically and if it can be ethically moral. Um, And this has really been born out of, we wanted to discuss this um, because often we believe that uh, PR on communications can get a little bit of a bad rap. Um, Often it can be, uh, it's not always trusted by the general public and it can be, I think, phrases such as spin doctor don't really help. Um, So we really wanted to just have a bit of an open discussion today and share with you our thoughts in terms of um, PR, ethics, and how it can be a force for good. So, um, Kate, maybe we'll start with you. Um, Why do you think PR has had such a bad reputation for being unethical? Mm, That's a very good question, Jenny. Um, Yeah, it's, it's such a shame, isn't it? But PR generally does have quite a negative reputation. And I think this really goes back to times gone by where PR was associated with masking the truth and spin doctors, you know, Mm -hmm. exactly as you just said, Jenny. And I think uh, traditionally it was very much thought of that people, individuals or businesses with the power and the money to do so would hire advisors or PR professionals like ourselves and they would hire them in, bring them in um, to problem solve, which is very much what happens today, but it would be problem solve no matter what the cost, hide the truth, mask Mm -hmm. the truth, spin, you know, manipulate, um, all of those words. And I think that's really where the negative reputation and perception has come from. And there are some very tangible examples of where that has happened um, and still continues to happen today. So I I think that's largely where it's come from. What I think probably needs discussing and um, is really worth talking about is is the hangover from that and why that still exists today Mm -hmm. um, and what we as PR professionals and what brands and businesses are able to do um, to transform and change that because actually when it's done well PR is incredibly ethical um, and it is actually all about truth and honesty and transparency so somewhere in between in between those two things is 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 the gap that needs bridging Mm -hmm. like yeah and it's um poor us a tiny violin for us um we've been a bit victim to sort of the popular culture um and characters that you know the very famous ab fab characters um adina and 
Patsy and them, you know, as you say, it's all sort of parties and spin and manipulation. Um, and there was another 2012, that was another great one that had Siobhan, who was the sort of buzzword <laughs> expert who didn't really, there was no substance. She just talked a lot of buzz and, and nothing else. And, and often that can be the public's view then of what PR is. Um, and it's not a very positive view, is it? And as you say, I think um, it's quite um an old school view and actually we still sort of have that slight hangover from it so um yeah as you say it's it's good to talk about actually what PR and communications actually is and how it is very very ethical um Sophie do you have anything to add to that in terms of why you think PR has a bad reputation yeah, sure. Well, I think um, in relation to the sort of contemporary role models, which don't really do us any favours, I'd also like to add Samantha from Sex and the City into the mix because oh, I don't yeah. really think uh, she did too much for promoting <laughs> the hard work of PRs either, really. You know, she attended a lot of um, parties and that was sort of where her role ended, really. Um, so I certainly agree that we could really do with someone that's a bit more representative in popular culture. But I think... The original starting point for PR being unethical probably is not massively unfounded in that I think PR started from, it sort of came out of propaganda and that was definitely manipulating the truth mm-hmm. for, for an, uh, you know, um, unethical ends. So I think really when any industry starts off with that, as its foundation, you you know, it is going to have a bad reputation. So we almost shouldn't be surprised by this. Mm. And I do think, and I know we're going to go on to talk about this, that there are a lot of good things happening now, which have pushed us really far way away from that. It's just making sure that we can get everyone to sort of come along that journey with us and to see that the industry is different now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and on that, that kind of leads us on to, so how we think it's changed over the years, like, is some of it founded or unfounded, that bad reputation for being unethical? And, and you know, do we think that's changed over the decades? And kind of where, where, where are we now in comparison to where we have been? Um, mm. I, I think on that, Jenny, I think there have been some really big changes. Unfortunately, I think like any industry, um, there are good people, bad people and everything in between and people who make good and and bad decisions and people who are very moral and other people who are happy uh, not to not to be so moral, to be (laughs) unethical. And um, I think we've made really big strides. And I think that a lot of that has come from the inability, actually, to hide nowadays. Mm. You've got so many different uh, channels of communication out there. Um, And with social media, you know, you haven't got you haven't got the ability to manipulate people in quite the same way. So I think, you know, traditionally where problems would arise would come through uh, perhaps uh, PR professionals or, or companies or individuals having very good relationships with certain journalists um, Mm -hmm. and they might be able, you might have that quiet time perhaps between an incident happening and a story breaking. Now, within that time, you'd be able to craft a story and potentially spin the truth if you wanted to. And you don't have that luxury nowadays. So I think there's, there are fewer places to hide Mm -hmm. if you're prepared to be honest and transparent. And I think, 
yeah, it's just very difficult to hide these days. Mm -hmm. So I do think there's been some, you know, there's been some recent examples of um, where individuals have made very unethical decisions or companies. And, you know, there's a very famous Bell Pottinger one that happened back in 2017, I think it was, um, you know, where they actually were representing uh, a client and they were accused of inciting racist conversations and setting up fake Twitter and and Facebook accounts. And, And that, because they made the choice to represent a client that that wasn't necessarily ethical mm-hmm. that ended up being the downfall of their entire business model that huge agency folded because of it so I think you know it does, sadly it does still exist the good thing is that I think nowadays it's very hard to get away with it if you are going to choose to be unethical in your practice I think one area that still needs a lot of work, which is not an area that ADPR gets massively involved in, but it's lobbying. And I think that really does need to have a bit more careful scrutiny placed on it. I'm sure you will both remember David Cameron recently got in trouble for his role within lobbying a Mm. director of the Lloyds Banking Group in order to save Greens Hill Capital. And then it came out that David Cameron was being paid as an advisor by Greenshill Capital. So really, he was using his position unethically and probably getting paid by Greenshill Capital, you know, because of who he knew. Mm-hmm. So I think that is still an area which has major problems with how ethical it can be. And uh, like I said, that's not an area that ADPR um, represents clients on. But I think when people think about PR, they might actually be thinking about lobbying. So it could well be that lobbying is the bit that's giving us the bad name almost. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's very true. And there's a there's a couple of points I think to pull out there um, from you saying, Kate, there's um, a couple of elements. There's one in terms of um how easy it is to access information for the consumer and actually how savvy they are now and on the other side where you talked about the bell pottinger example is um ethics in terms of agencies themselves and and who we choose to work with and where we draw the line in terms of what kind of work we will and won't do so maybe maybe if we start with um i suppose the the modern the modern consumer, the modern um, audience, and how savvy they are, and actually things have changed about what they care what they care about, haven't they? Yeah, mm. certainly. So I think modern day consumers can smell inauthenticity a mile off, and it really mm. puts them off. Um, I think the good news is brands are you know well aware of of that as well. I think this has been fueled you know partly by social media, partly by fake news and misinformation, and um, brands now you know they research and they're smart and they're tech savvy, so they're really probably more likely to mistrust you initially rather than trust you. So brands do need to work hard to gain their consumers' trust. But what was found in the recent Edelman Trust Barometer was that businesses are more trustworthy than governments, which is how consumers see them. They're much more likely to believe what a business says than they are what the government or indeed the media says. With, <laughs> with, yeah, 61% of people thinking that businesses were most trusted compared to the government at 52% and the media at 50%. Mm. So businesses certainly have a role here um, and you know consumers want to trust them it's just making sure that we're helping businesses to to do that in the right way 
that I think brands are aware of the power that they hold in some respects that the that consumers do look for, to brands um, to be kind of a trusted authority. Now that puts brands in a really, really powerful position. And this is where now I think that brands need to be incredibly careful because it's how they use that power, isn't it? It's how you use that mm-hmm. power to, to almost be a force for good and to make sure that you are following through on all of your actions. Um, and, you know, it's a, it's a huge topic. But again, brands nowadays are very, very good at, at making claims that may have the right intent. So it may be something that's talking about the environment, for example. That's always a really good one to draw on. Mm-hmm. Lots of brands making promises about what they intend intend to do to make themselves more ethical, more carbon neutral and all the rest of it. And that is, you know, that's great when you look at it from an intent point of view. But actually, all people care about these days are the truth and the actions and the reality behind the statements that brands are making. And I think that's sometimes where brands fall down. Um, Kind of the intent is good, but it's absolutely pointless having the intent without any actions. And I think because we are now dealing with very savvy consumers, they want to trust, um, but they've got to see the evidence to be able to trust. And then once you've got them, once they're really, you know, involved with your brand and, and they trust you, um, then it becomes much easier. But I but I also think it's very it's a lot easier to fall from grace as well if you mm-hmm. don't follow up your intent with actions. Then I think you will lose a consumer very quickly. And if you break that trust, they're gone forever. So I think brands are in this really great position where they do have this power of influence, um, but they've got to use that very, very carefully. Yeah, absolutely. And we were we were talking um, recently, weren't we, um, as a team about actually how how you need to have a stronger stance now, don't you, in, in terms of there's no sitting on the fence. There's no, um, you can't sit on the fence over subjects such as the environment. As you say, Kate, that's a really good example to use because it's, it's very relevant for absolutely everybody. Um, but it's not enough for this savvy consumer. They don't want a wishy-washy answer about a particular subject. They want to know exactly where you stand and what side of the fence you you are sitting so that they can pick their side too and, and pick which companies they'd like to work with or services they like to to buy into. And they want to know that they're they're buying from ethical companies and it's not enough to be wishy-washy anymore, is it? You have to be quite strong in terms of where you sit on certain subjects as a yeah. as a brand. Yeah, you, you you absolutely do. And actually, I think this is where um, us as PR professionals can, can really help brands to kind of navigate their way through this, because what PR can do or a good PR professional is able to do is to help a client or a brand to sort of raise their own awareness, actually, because often when brands make statements that might not be completely true or that are focused on intentions they're not doing it necessarily to be bad or to deliberately deceive their audience they're just sometimes getting a bit ahead of themselves or a bit overexcited or they're not Mm -hmm. they're not checking the detail and I think sometimes you know the role of, of really good PR people is to get to the truth by asking clients the right questions. And again, an environmental one would be a really, a really good example of that, you know, where a company's ready to go live with all of 
all of these amazing things that they're planning to do. Um, and as a PR professional, you can kind of almost play devil's advocate and sort of say, you know, how are you doing that? Where's the evidence? Where are the facts? Um, and quite often when you have those conversations, that's where companies and brands are then saying, oh, actually, we need to do a bit more work on this before this mm-hmm. becomes a public statement. So that's where PR actually can really help to protect and make sure that brands are seeing things through in the, in the right way. Mm-hmm. I think that you can see this from the list of the UK's most trusted brands from 2021. I'll just read out the top 10 and you'll, you'll see what I mean. So number one is Chili's, number two is Maltesers, number three is PayPal, number four is Fairy, number five is Whole Earth, number six is Just Giving, number seven is Dettol, number eight is Ella's Kitchen, number nine is Meridian, and number 10 is Organics. Out of those the majority are known for their environmental stance Mm. on things, aren't they? So I just think that's really interesting that we've seen that change already. It it comes through from consumers really quite quickly. Yeah. And that's really, do you know what, I'm awful. I can't remember what previous ones have been off the top of my head, but they're usually tech companies, aren't they? Absolutely. Apple has been for many years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's a real shift, isn't it, in terms mm. of those those trusted brands? And as you say, it's quite telling, really, isn't it? Exactly. But what you know, what consumers really care about? Yeah, and and that kind of brings uh, brings me on to then, um, you know, how can we've we've talked about the poor poor us, the bad rap <laughs> that sometimes <laughs> can get, um, and how it can be misused. But actually, how can it be? A force for good and this really ties into doesn't it a lot of where we've talked about before like a brand's purpose um but you know maybe Sophie if we start with you um how how do you think PR can be used as a force for good yeah I think it's well I think it goes wider than that Jenny I think it's PR but it's also marketing more widely as well mm-hmm. I think um so an example of a of a of a big company that did it really well during COVID was Heinz, which spent you know a significant amount of its marketing revenue on advertising about the twelve million breakfasts it was going to provide for vulnerable children throughout COVID, and admittedly that they did that because it did help to position the brand, but it was also they were spending you know marketing dollars on activity like that which you would never normally spend that amount of money on and they were they were doing it as part of covid as a public health message really same mm-hmm. as coca-cola they were encouraging people to social distance so i think what we can see there is admittedly the covid situation was a very unusual one hopefully one that we won't find ourselves in again too soon but i think what it shows is that brands are you know are being a force for good and they can see that it's doing good for society but it is also doing good for business and i think when things work in both those ways that's why we can see things like with the Edelman Trust Barometer that that's when consumers do start to believe in brands because they understand that there is a a bit of a a two-way sort of agreement if you like between it Um, also the good thing about PR specifically over marketing and in stark contrast to the likes of Coca-Cola and Heinz is that you can use communications and PR really effectively if you don't have tons of marketing budget Mm. and if you've got something to say and if you've got an interesting way to say it then you can use PR very much to your advantage which is not spin at all it's just 
giving, explaining about your stance as a company in an interesting way, which is what people want to hear about. Because as we've seen from the research we've been talking about, consumers do care and they want to know. So it can be useful as a way for small companies to gain some share of voice against the, the bigger competitors with the humongous budgets. Yeah, absolutely. And and um, as you say there, it's an interesting point and it, it can work together. I think um, potentially there, there can be that um, view that you can't, you know, how can you be ethical and talking about purpose, but also you are there to make money. And that is that is fine as a business, you know, consumers, as you say, Sophie, are, are savvy. They do know, they do know that you are a business and that you're there to make money. But um, it's, it's all about how you're making money without um, having a negative impact on society in, in any way, whether that's um, the environment or whether it's on particular groups. Absolutely. Um, and also, I would just say there that we've um, worked with a client who's managing director's view was that it is absolutely a business's responsibility to make money. And the reason for that is because it keeps the staff employed, it keeps the supply chain working. Mm -hmm. So in in itself, businesses making money is definitely not a bad thing, right? We need them to, (laughs) to do that. It's just, as you say, making sure that they're doing it for good and not, and you know, minimizing the negative impacts that they might be having. Mm -hmm. And, and Kate, do you have any, anything else um, on that actually and any examples or thoughts on how PR can be a force for good? No, not really. I mean, I think you've covered it beautifully there. I think the only thing I would add is about how I think PR being a force for good, one of the things that it's really done is given a lot of power to kind of small businesses that actually struggled to access share of voice in the media or, or online in the past. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the time, smaller companies, they are started very much more on, on purpose, particularly companies that have, have been set up within the past sort of five, 10 years. They are often more purpose-driven anyway. Um, there is now a focus on kind of buying locally and small independent traders. Mm-hmm. So I think actually for people now where they've got that really strong sense of purpose um, and they've got a really ethical side to their business, I think that gives them incredible opportunities to actually capture share of voice over and above some of these big, big, brands um, with huge budgets. So I think, you know, we, we often hear that for small businesses, PR can be really, really challenging. But I think that this is where PR can actually do so much good in terms of elevating those small businesses to grow and get to where they want to be and to communicate well with their audiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you know, and I think without wanting, I don't think we need to go into lots of detail about it because I think some of the more obvious ways that PR can be a force for good is when it's um, PR for charities and not for profits and Mm. and those sorts of um, organisations. I think um, anybody listening will will appreciate that that's sort of almost a given, isn't it? (laughs) That that PR will help organisations like that in a good way and be a great force for good. And where I think it gets a bit stickier is when you're talking about companies and brands like we are now um and how that can be a force for good too and then you know and I don't again we have to we can't go into too much detail on everything can we because we'd be here for absolute absolutely ever but there's also you know PR and holding businesses to account is 
is a great force for good in terms of equality in the workplace. And, you know, businesses are held to account in terms of the the diversity of their boards and and all of that is is all built around communications and marketing and that is a real force for good in terms of um making it fairer for all of society making it equal for everybody so i think um i don't think we can go we would go down a rabbit hole and be here forever if we went too much into into that but i didn't want to ignore it as a you know i think if you were listening you're thinking aren't you going to talk about any of the um you know in terms of charities and and that drive for good, I think it almost is a bit of a given. I don't know if hmm, yeah, I think with that. I think I think so. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and there is, and then I think it's also the maybe the smaller stuff, isn't it? How PR is practiced ethically in the day to day. So not just that um, big, wider. We only work on green projects or you know we only work with companies that we want to work with which is very important there are other ways that PR needs to be practiced ethically in the day-to-day isn't there yeah I think one really easy way is if you become a member of the PRCA or the CIPR because when you do that you sign up to a code of practice which prioritizes acting ethically and Kate mentioned the Bell Pottinger example from a few years ago um and the PRCA did say that the Bell, that Bell Portinger would, you know, were no longer allowed to be members because of how they acted. So I do think, although it's quite an industry specific thing, I still think there is merit from being an ethical PR company by signing up to the, their sort of code of conducts and their charters, which means you'll abide by a certain way. I think it gives that that credibility and is a great starting point for anyone in PR not sure where to start with acting ethically. Mm, I think that's really, really good advice. And 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 we'll sorry. Also, sorry, go on, Kate. Sorry, sorry, talking over you. Um, <laughs> I was just going to add to that, you know, that I think I think there are as an industry, there are definitely things like the code of ethics um, that people should look at. But I think when you're talking about companies and the day to day and how they live out their values and how they become ethical businesses, again, it's not necessarily the external message that you need to focus on. And I think so much of this comes down to actually being decent human beings. And we shouldn't lose the human value from that. So we talk, we've talked quite a bit, haven't we, about companies needing to make money. And you're absolutely right that there's nothing wrong in that. It's essential and we all need to do it. Take the Bell Pottinger example. So they were being paid, I believe, about £100,000 a month to represent the client that ultimately became their downfall. Now that's, you know, that's a lot of money and I can completely understand how <laughs> you know, being offered to work with somebody that's going to add that amount of of profit to your business would be incredibly enticing. And I think all businesses are reliant on stakeholders, you know, suppliers, clients, customers, whatever shape and form that may be. And I think it's really important for companies to actually consider the ethics of the people that they are choosing to work with as Mm -hmm. well. So, you know, from, from a a PR point of view, I would say, can you actually properly advocate advocate for something that you really don't believe in? You know, and, and again, that could be, I don't know, it could be a tobacco company, for example, if we were approached loads of money for to represent a tobacco company, 
could we actually do that? So at what point, where is the tipping point with your own personal values and what you're prepared to do to earn money? And I think mm-hmm. there's some interesting conversations to be had in there. But, you know, my advice is that sometimes, particularly as, as a business owner, you have to be brave and you have to know when to walk away. Um, and if you're being offered money by a supplier or, or a contract or something that really goes against your values and you got that gut instinct or you know that for a fact then I think actually you need to walk away because all the money in the world isn't going to help your reputation (laughs) if that gets damaged you know so I think there's there's all sorts of nuances that come into play with this topic and it isn't just about the external no and it's you know and it's our responsibility as well as PR professionals to to push back on clients as well currently whether intentionally or unintentionally if they want to communicate something in particular it's our job to to advise them and tell them you know tell them what impact that could could have on them but also um I know sometimes people are so close to their work they don't always see the wider picture and it's part of our job to say you know actually you really need to be thinking about um all the all the the different sections of society all the you know who you might be always think of the impact of what you're doing and what you're saying on on as many people as you can because I think um that it's it's easy to think they're a client and we you just have to do what they tell you you know, what they tell you to do, but actually it's our responsibility as well to advise um, and talk to them about um, what is ethically moral in terms of um, transparency. It's okay to say no no sometimes. And I know that PR people do sometimes struggle with that because we are naturally... um, people pleasers and it is our role to to support and help our clients of course it is um but we've had examples before where clients have pushed us a little bit and it hasn't always been that they've been deliberately trying to get us to lie or anything like that but we've had clients before where they sort of almost bring us in assuming that our job is to either be a bit controversial or to big up claims that they're making and there have been occasions where we have had to turn around and say actually we can't do that um a because it's going to damage their their um reputation but also it's going to damage our reputation and Mm -hmm. ethically that wouldn't be something that we would be prepared to do for, for them or for us so sometimes saying no is is necessary and good and and will pay off in the long run yeah, um, absolutely. And and um, Sophie, do you do you have anything you know in terms of the day to day? Anything else you think we we haven't covered there? I think generally it's about being open and honest and transparent, and that's whether you're you know the agency advising the business or the business itself. Um, certainly not being afraid to walk away because sometimes these things can only rear their head once you've been working together for a a little while as well so I think sometimes you might think you know maybe at contract signing that it's oh oh no you know they they sort of they've moved on a lot from then or you know whatever or you know we're working on this project which won't get involved in that but often you know it's only when you've been working together a little while that you think "Mm, I'm not so sure about this and I think and if there is a time where you need to whistleblow then also not being scared to 
to mm. do that as well. Um, and also, if it's not so much that there is anything untoward going on, but that people think there is, I think it's about responding meaningfully to those concerns and not in such a way that they're that you're hiding away from it. I think that ties back to that being open and honest and, you know, sort of admitting when things have gone wrong and mm. how you're putting your hands up and saying how you're going to fix it. I think there can be a, a, a lot of good and trust rebuilt from doing that as well. Yeah, I'd agree. And I think, you know, I think that's how we can kind of wrap it up in a nice, neat little bow, isn't it? As, um, you know, it's it's a responsibility of both brands and PR professionals to be transparent, honest, you know, engage with the audience. But, you know, it's it's always thinking of the impact of um, of what you're saying and how you're saying it. Um, because as Kate mentioned earlier, you know, brands are very powerful and PR professionals are very powerful and we have a responsibility to, um, to think about the impact of that and how we do have a power of influence and people do read the messaging that we put out there. And, um, and as you said, mentioned earlier, Sophie, it's, it's really useful to have trade bodies actually like the PRCA and, and the CIPR who um, they're constantly updating their um, code of ethics. And there's always so much learning around as things change and as society changes, you know, communications professionals need to be adapting to that and making sure that they're, they're always ethical and they're also making sure that their clients are performing uh, uh, performing ethically as well um I'm not sure how succinct that wrap-up was I was sort of like I'll wrap it in a tidy bow and then it wasn't very tidy at all um (laughs) but there we go a rambling and (laughs) it was was very tidy (laughs) oh oh, thanks (laughs) too kind um is there any I mean is there anything else um either of you want to add to today's discussion don't think so, Jen. You know, I think you summarised it really well. I think, you know, all of this stuff just, I think it's its continuing to evolve. I think we are not there yet. I think it is continuing to evolve. And I, for one, really hope that um, PR continues to be a really good force for good um, and that we are able to lose our reputation, negative reputation from the olden days. Yeah, shake it off. Um, well, well thank you both of you for today that was a really good discussion thank um, you for anybody listening if um if you wanted to talk to us further about it can we could talk about this stuff forever um and it's and it's too much to squeeze into one podcast episode um if you do have any questions or want to talk to us at all about um today's episode or have any ideas um or subjects you would like us to discuss in future episodes please do get in touch you can get in touch with us via the website so that's adpr.co.uk we would love to hear from you um and in the meantime thanks for listening and we'll see you next time bye